What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Big Fell Strength Podcast. So, today what we're going to be talking about is how the mentality of a competitor is changing. And we're mainly going to be talking about high school athletes and high school competitors. And we're not going to be just talking about powerlifting. Um, it's going to be mainly focused and orientated towards athletes in general. Um, I will touch up on, you know, their training in the gym, but mainly it's just going to cover their mentality and how competitive spirit has changed throughout the years and how coaching is struggling and it's falling behind due to the fact that coaches, athletes, uh, coaches, competitors are changing. So hopefully... I'll be able to shed some light for some of my older listeners that may or may not be coaches or thinking about coaching. Um, And hopefully just shed some light on some of you younger guys that are being coached. Um, Hopefully you guys kind of understand why things are the way they are and why your coaches are the way they are and why they act the way they act. Um, so we'll dive right in. So how, how competitive mentality is being changed is, um, now the, the more recent competitor is more self-orientated when it comes to goals, when it comes to, uh, their state of worry. And when I talk about, or I should say state of burden, um, things that burden them, like, you know, life decisions, uh, risk management when it comes to detrimental health uh, problems that might be caused by what they're doing within athletics or in the gym. So, a big thing is, right now, is with all physical contact sports, is concussions. And concussions have been a big thing since, they've always been a big thing, but they've been brought to the limelight um, recently, back in like 2013 2014 is really when it got big really when it got um kind of brought to the spotlight and with the research that has been done on concussion protocols and brain damage caused by uh physical competition um it's kind of scaring the athletes out of 
out of the out of their winning mentality. And what that means is is like in you you got athletes that are very skilled, very very blessed and just have very good natural ability with whatever they do. Um but you can't win just based off of natural ability, you know, and if you could, then that would expedite all the things you need in order to become a champion in whatever you're doing. It You wouldn't have to have a coach. You wouldn't have to train. You would just have to rely on your natural ability. But that's not, that's not realistic. Um, so you need those things. You need coaches, you need training, um, without training to really cut any rough edges off of that athlete when it comes to terms of really sharpening their natural ability, uh, you know, they would just eventually over time, people who are training, are going to catch him and surpass him, and then he would fall into the category, he or she would fall into the category of mediocrity. Um, so the big thing, the big thing is that it's changing their mentality. So, for example, uh, in, in more recent in more recent events, you have kids out there, and you got to think, Back in, you have coaches that are from an era where it's, you know, they're tough. They they were brought up, they're roughnecks. They, they played old school, you know, cutthroat sports. They, they know nothing but pedal to the metal. And you can see that with some athletes, um, no matter what they're competing in. I mean, you look at guys like Ronnie Coleman and you look at Mr. Olympia, eight-time Mr. Olympia winner, and you look at what he was then and then you look at what he is now. And because of the side effects in, in the training pro, uh, protocols that he used, in the training program that he used, you can see what hard, intense training will do to you over time. So kids will look at that and they'll say, oh my God, I do not want to end up like that. They'll It'll scare them out of winning, really. And it will scare them out of wanting to compete. So... You know, you have that old school coach who's like, hey, man, no days off. Let's go to the gym. And then you have that athlete who's like, well, coach, actually, um, I'm getting a few dings and bumps. And I don't feel like it'd be the best thing to train today. I just don't feel good. And because there's that communication disconnect between a coach and its athlete the coach will sit there and the coach will be like oh you're just being a big baby 
you know, if you want to be a winner, you know, you got to come out and train. And usually that's as far as it would go, you know, back in the day. Then that would light a fire underneath the athlete to get into the gym. Uh, so, or get onto the practice field, whatever it might be. So, but you do that nowadays and kids will be like, they will, they will be set in their decision. Coach, I'm not coming to practice today. Absolutely not. I refuse. I'm not going to risk my health to go to practice. So then that puts the coach in a bad mood because now doesn't he doesn't only think that he's sandbagging it and he doesn't think that he's being doesn't think that his athlete is really taking it seriously so that infuriates them more and so they say well if you don't show up to practice or you don't show up in the gym then you know you're going to face this setback and this setback and and all this other stuff, and the athlete will either be like, fine, okay, or the athlete will be like, then I quit, and they'll quit. Since I'm part of that that kind of turn in, you know, I'm, I'm kind of part, I'm, I'm right there at the turn of where athletes started doing that um with me being born in 2000 you know you had athletes that were like that and i had kids that were my age that were like that and they would just they would quit some of them would even go as far to move schools and go compete at other schools um some of them would just quit entirely and be like yeah well you know as i was playing sports but now i'm not it's whatever i got more free time I can work and get money and do things I like to do on the weekend and enjoy my time. So how this is getting distributed and how, how this is being used as a fear factor is back in the eighties and the nineties, the internet wasn't a, is a big thing. And social media wasn't as big of a thing as it was as it is right now. So every kid can get on the internet and look up whatever. I mean, they're issuing laptops to kids in school now. So they've got as long as they have Wi-Fi, which it's honestly as easy as going to McDonald's, sitting there and just looking up, you know sports injuries on YouTube and that right there that just creates a very large rabbit hole and these kids fall into this rabbit hole and they're like if you you know and obviously these these videos don't they have these disclaimers and all this other stuff but they don't really touch up on how to mitigate risk of particular injuries um i'm trying to think of an example of one so like an acl tear which the acl is the um 
ligament in your knee joint that keeps your your leg together from sliding. Your knee it keeps your knee joint from sliding left to right. So that's a very unavoidable injury depending on how you look at it. And we can even go further into the knee joint injuries with the meniscus. Um, with me having prior injury that involved my ACL and my meniscus, um, you know, the ACL, that was one of those things that it's kind of out of your control. It's, it truly is. Um, one wrong, one wrong step, one wrong movement, then it, you know, it could be gone. But when you're playing in a physic, a physic, a physical contact sport, um, it could happen at any moment within however many games you play in your, you know, athletic career. All it takes is somebody tripping and falling on your knee, and it's over. You know, you done. You will tear your your ACL. Um, now with your meniscus, it's really like, it's all on you. Like it can happen at any moment. All it takes is one wrong foot placement, one wrong shift of movement and that'll, it'll go. So, you know, I tore my meniscus twice. The first time it was just a matter of, you know, it, I got hit with a combo, um, some kid in school fell on my leg during a pickup game of basketball. And I, he landed on my leg and tore my ACL and meniscus. Uh, I had my meniscus repaired as well as my ACL. And within less than a year, I retore my meniscus just doing a backward run for a warm-up in gym class. It's that easy. One wrong step and it tore again. So, um, you know, that's the kind of stuff that gets put on the internet and nobody ever tells you how to mitigate that risk. Well, I've never been a big person that was really for stretching and I very rarely stretched and I did high-intensity training. So that could have been a reason why, you know. Um, I didn't stretch as much as I could have been. So, you know, but nowadays kids just think that, oh, let's blame the sport. Let's blame, let's look at the sport and be like, okay, this is what could happen. They don't look any farther into it than that. So... You know, you have that going, and it, it's one of those things where it's like, it could happen to you in regular everyday life. You know, you could be walking on the sidewalk, some dude spills his coffee on another dude, and it's blazing hot, and he bumps into another dude, which causes him to fall down, trips another dude, and he ends up diving into your knee 
and bing, bang, boom, now there's five guys on the ground and you have a torn ACL. It can happen in everyday life. It can happen no matter what you're doing. Um, it's kind of like the whole, you know, the whole, you know, oh, smoking's bad for you. And that's coming from somebody who eats at McDonald's breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It's just like, okay, yeah, smoking is bad for me, but you're out here eating McDonald's breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You're obese and overweight and could eventually lead to the termination of your life just as much as smoking could. So... It's just, it's just one of those things where it's like some of these athletes, they get, they get kind of scared. They get superstitious and they get scared because if anybody believes in superstition, it's an athlete and they'll get scared and they'll scare them out of the sport and they'll, they'll, uh, they'll take it as far as you know, just up and quitting the sport entirely. Now, this next part I'm going to talk about is coaching. You do have coaches out there that are absolute monsters, and I don't mean that in a good way. Like, they are literally some of the worst human beings on earth to be in charge of a group of 40 kids. Uh just because they're way too hard on kids. Um, where I'm from back in the States, I'm from Indiana, so a big a big um, successful coach in Indiana when it came to athletics was the IU basketball team, um, Bobby Knight. And he was a hardcore perfectionist kind of guy. He had a temper. And... The way he would deal with that anger that he would have when things weren't going his way as a coach, when his athletes weren't performing the way he wanted them to perform, he would oftentimes make a very visual um, tantrum and, you know, and even sometimes he'd take it out on his players. Now, you know, that's – was Bobby Knight a good coach? Absolutely. One of the smartest men – one of the smartest men that ever knew the game of basketball um, is definitely – on that list is definitely Bobby Knight. Now, was he a good mentor? Was he a good – person? Did he treat his athletes the way they should have been treated? Probably not. Um, odds are, you know, he didn't. So in those, you know, you have those coaches everywhere you go. So in where you have those coaches, you can lose a lot of your athletes' respect. When you lose your athletes' respect, um, there are a few ways you can go about it. You can either kick them off the team, but 
you kick them off the team and you risk more people losing. And eventually you kick so many people off the team, you don't have a team. So you have that going. Uh, that's that's something you don't want to do. The other way to go about it is, you know, you can, you can be complacent and let your athletes run wild. But when they run wild, it's, you know, they do things that's not good. And again, it might result in the school kicking them off of the team, not allowing them to compete and represent the school. Um, like I said, don't have a team. When your athletes don't respect you, they won't listen to you. So in the middle of a game, you're trying to tell them what to do. If they don't respect you, they might go out on the court or out on the field and do whatever they see fit. Um, and then you kind of become irrelevant as a coach. Uh, because then, you know, it's kind of just a bunch of kids running around, like I said, running wild, um, playing the sport how they want to play it. And sometimes they don't make the best judgment calls. But, you know, if they don't respect you, it makes you look bad. And once you lose an athlete's respect, good luck getting it back. Um, it's a very hard thing to do. So, you know, that's something that a lot of coaches don't think about when their players come up to them and say, hey, coach, I think it might be best if I sit out on this play or I take it easy at practice today. If you got to understand, if I'm a coach and one of my players comes up to me and says, hey, coach, I just want you to know my knee is feeling really weak right now, like on lateral cuts, on move, any kind of movements, lateral, um, any kind of cutting moves. Like it's feeling really weak. Like I can do them, but it's Monday. I got a game. We got a game on Friday. Well, you know, I'm kind of worried, and I'm going to sit there. I'm going to be like, okay, you need to work on stretching. We need to figure out how we're going to hit this problem. You need to go see the trainer. The trainer needs to come to me. Let me know what's wrong with you. That way we can make a judgment call on what we're doing with you in regards to playing you. Might have to cut your playing time down in the game. Might have to wrap up your knee a certain way uh, so you're able to be uh, at least a contributor for, you know, whatever game, whatever competition. That's a coach who cares. He cares about the team's success all at the same time while he's caring about the player's success. Because if you're not feeling right, I need you to go talk to the team's trainer. I need you to go talk to him or her and 
see if they, you know, they find anything that might be a little out of line. And if it is out of line to a point where you need to go see a doctor, then we need to do that. But sadly, oftentimes, the response you'll get out of a coach is, oh, are you kidding me? Like, quit being a pansy, quit being a baby. And that's that's the wrong answer, no matter what era you came up in. Um, because now you're not only risking the athlete's health, but you're also fracturing the integrity of the coach-player relationship that you have with that player. And when you do that, that causes you, and that puts you in a position where if anything does happen, you're liable, you know? So, that's that's one thing that I don't see in sports. Um, you know, the guy behind you, the, the next dude in line is supposed to know your job inside and out. And the guy behind that guy is, or the athlete behind that athlete that knows your job inside and out needs to know your job inside and out as well. Just because the more I cycle through players each and every play, the more rest and recovery my athletes are getting. So... With that being said, these players that are hurt, not to the extent where they need medical treatment, but they're hurt to the extent where it's like, if it gets any further, medical treatment might be required. You are now mitigating the risk for a one athlete getting hurt as opposed to letting three dudes cycle through each and every play to ensure that you do not fracture any more integrity within a potential injury. But it's something that I don't see a lot of coaches do in – you know, except for, like, maybe basketball. But, you know, that's professional sports. When it comes to high school sports, like, I've seen crazy coaches, crazy coaches, and they will run their guys to the ground. And it's it's sad to watch because it's like, you know, they didn't ask for this. This is, this is, this is you know, high school athletics. They're supposed to be out there trying to win, but more importantly, they're out there trying to have fun it, at the very minimum because they might never get a chance like this again. They might never get to play the sport they love to play again. So it's important that... you make sure that they stay in good health so they can play as long as they can.
but sadly that's not the that's not the motive and that's not the objective so it is what it is but um but there are also players out there that think that they're hurt but they're not um and there all are also players out there that don't have that winning spirit. They don't have that drive to win. They could care less win or lose. And that's when a coach that's when a coach and players relationship, you know, when you have a player that's like that, it's like, yeah. I just messed up my shoulder on that last play just because they don't want to be out on the field anymore. It fractures the integrity of that trust within that relationship because, you know, that coach might need you, you know, and your teammates might need you, but you're sitting here saying that you're hurt when you're not. So, but, I don't know. Um, it's one of those things where, you know, there aren't very many people out there that are willing to sacrifice their body and their health to win. Is that a good thing? Uh, I wouldn't say it's a good thing. I'd say it's smarter than, you know, people are typically. But it's also... One of those things that uh, it's one of those things where it's like it it's kind of fracturing competitiveness within sports, and it's it's really one of those things that you hate to see because it's like. You know, it's it would be a shame to see someone say, well, imagine how good I would have been when they weren't giving their 110%. So it's, it's truly something that makes different athletes and different competitors unique because you have competitors out there that are just trying to do it and compete and not get hurt. And then you have competitors out there that are like, I'll die to win. And if I don't win, at least I won't be alive to know I didn't win, which is an intense way to look at it. But that's what makes competition so unique and so great because you got guys out there that love it so much and want to win so badly that they're willing to do anything it takes, breaking themselves if they have to, in order to achieve greatness within competition and within sports. So that's that's something that's really fading away, I think. And, you know... Um, with it fading away, 
hopefully hopefully uh, we see a lot better health out of athletes, especially, you know, professional athletes. But, you know, it is an entertainment business. Um, you know, there is a portion of it where it's like, okay, now let's look at the entertainment. What's What draws a crowd? And if you've got a bunch of athletes who are like, oh, yep, not playing this Sunday because – you know, I'm hurt, then, you know, your crowds are going to get smaller and smaller because you're not winning because that dude is looking out for himself, um, which is all fine and dandy, but it, it does have an effect on the people around you. So that's why I express the importance of, like, you know, there's a difference between a paper cut and a cut that needs stitches. A paper cut, you know, wipe the blood off and put a Band-Aid on and keep going about your day. A cut that needs stitches, go to the emergency room, get, get it stitched up, and then... Work on trying to stay away from sharp objects so it doesn't happen again. So, but some athletes, they get a paper cut and they call it quits and they, they're done. And they're like, oh, that's enough for me. So, it is what it is. But... Anyway, so that concludes this episode. Now, this this little last closeout portion that I'm going to do, um, this, this episode will be the first episode I post in a, in a very long time. I think the last episode I posted was in January. Um, so we're coming up on almost a month of me not posting an episode, and I do apologize for that, um, but I'm trying to expand the podcast, I'm trying to get it to where my audience is more interactive, so that I can interact with my audience and give them content that they want based upon what the channel is pushing out, uh, so you know, I'm going to open up the comment section and, you know, I have to ask a question in order to activate the comment section. So the question I'm going to ask is, you know, what would you guys like to hear? Or if you guys wouldn't like to hear anything, then leave questions and I'll do a Q&A um, episode and I'll post that and make sure to subscribe and Make sure to put or turn your notifications on for the podcast so that when that episode gets posted, I can you you're notified so you can listen for your question and it can hopefully be answered. So but other than that, that is really all I have for y'all tonight. Um I want to thank 
everybody that stops and listens, I appreciate it. Right now, this is all nonprofit. I'm not making any money from this. I don't have any sponsors. There's no advertisements. So this is really all for you guys, the consumer. Um, maybe one day it'll get big enough to where I do start making some money for it. But just know that that's not where my intentions are right now. And that is not what I'm trying to accomplished with this podcast. This podcast is solely to help educate people and also give a little bit of insight on things that are happening within the world of athletics, competition, and lifting. So, like I said, I appreciate everybody who stops by and I appreciate everybody who listens I appreciate everybody who takes this seriously and enjoys the content I've been pushing out. Uh, but yeah. Um, anyway, like I said, feel free to leave a comment in the comment section. And don't forget to turn your notifications on. Keep checking in for that next episode if you guys ask questions in the comment section. And I will see you on the next one. Remember, as always, live strong, get strong, and keep grinding. Y'all have a good one.